between life and the ocean. The changes in tide represent the highs and lows of life's best and worst moments. Rip currents can pull you under in an instant, like curveballs that get thrown unprovoked. One of the biggest curveballs in life you can never prepare for is death. After my mother's funeral, I ran away to our favorite place, J.C. Beach. I watched the swash approach and retreat after each wave break. I let my hands sink into the warmth of the sand, like sliding into a pair of oven mitts. The cool spring breeze grazed my face and strung my hair across my forehead. I tucked tighter into my black jacket. The beach is empty today, except for a few seagulls that run across the receding water, searching for a meal. There was an orange and purple haze across the horizon as the last bit of sunlight hovered on its way down. I had been here for a few hours at least, and I had no plans to leave. This place brought me peace and made me feel closer to my mom. I couldn't remember the last time I had been to J.C. Beach. It was a few miles away from our house, and we rode our bikes down here often to escape mundane suburbia. I turned around to look at the small deck at the top of the dunes that held a bench. The wood was warped and sun-stained from age. From that bench, I used to imagine we were on a pirate ship, sailing the ocean with my mom as my first mate. Mop the poop deck, you scallywags! I would yell to the seagulls, gathered on the dock, trying to steal my crackers, and my mom threatened to throw them in the brig. I chuckled at this memory. My fingers started to fall asleep, and I wiggled them in the sand. My right hand rubbed against a rock. I twisted my wrist around in the sand to grab it. It felt warm and smooth, which caught me by surprise. Maybe it was a shell or a turtle. I hope it's not a turtle. You get fined heavily for disturbing sea turtle nests in Florida. But my curiosity urged me to dig. I used both hands to plow out the sand. 
I discovered a perfect metal sphere was lodged in the earth a foot down. My hands kept slipping on the metal surface. I dug around it so I could grab it from underneath. Slightly larger than a softball, it was heavier than I imagined. I examined it closely. The metal was seamless and had no imperfections. Maybe it was a cannonball from an old pirate ship, though that would probably have a bit of rust and wear on it. I had an idea and stood up. I lifted the ball over my shoulder. I had seen shot put athletes compete during the Olympics. Could this be a shot put ball? I pretended like I was one of the athletes and started spinning to wind up. A high-pitched shriek wailed out. I dropped it and grabbed my ears. I looked down as the ball sunk into the sand. I kneeled down and touched the metal. Did this ball make that horrible squeal? The last sliver of sunlight was on the horizon. The moon had taken its position. I took the cell phone out of my pocket and turned the flashlight app on. The LED white light reflected off the metal directly into my eye. I winced away. When I looked back at the ball, the ground began to shake. All around me, the sand was shifting back and forth. My phone dropped out of my hand and tumbled a couple feet away from me, with the flashlight beam shooting directly upwards. I tried to stand up, but I couldn't get a grip without falling over. Something thumped on my calf below the sand. When it surfaced, I could see in the dim haze of the flashlight that it was another ball. I reached for it, but it rolled away from me towards the light. All around me, I saw the small metal balls rising and rolling. As quickly as it began, the earth stopped shaking. I got up and made a futile attempt at dusting the sand off my jacket. I looked over to where my phone had landed and was perplexed. There were about two dozen of the tiny silver spheres circled around the light, like moths drawn to a flame. I approached slowly. Maybe this was an old military training area, and I tripped some old landmines. No, that's absurd. They wouldn't open a beach to the public with death traps this accessible. I reached down and picked one up. The shrieking started again and I dropped the ball. It rolled back to join the circle around the light. I guess they don't like to be picked up. I slowly grabbed my phone from the center of their circle. All of the balls rolled over and surrounded my feet. I walked a few steps to my left. The balls rolled over to the light again. I walked a few paces further. They followed. Curiously, these silver spheres were attracted to my phone's light, like it was some kind of beacon. I kept walking and left the light trailing behind me. The balls rolled behind me like baby ducks following their mother. I stopped. 
I knelt down to get a better look at them. Two small square compartments opened on the surface and looked at me. Two black holes that looked back at me with what felt like understanding. I moved the light to the next ball. Two square compartment eyes seamlessly opened on their silver surface. The next ball, the same. All two dozen of them had the same square eyes staring at me in my light. Hello? The one directly in front of me opened a long, rectangular-shaped compartment below its square eyes. Hello? Repeated the little ball, but in my voice, like a recording. Robots, maybe? What are you? What are you? Another sphere echoed back. I put the phone down on the ground again to let them crowd around it. I touched the smooth surface of the one closest to me, and it opened its eyes again. We stared at each other until I blinked. The sphere closed its square eye sockets to form a smooth surface, and then opened them again. It copied my blink. Do you belong to the government? I asked it dumbly. Do you belong to the... It repeated until it was interrupted by my ringtone. The flashlight turned off because of the call. And every sphere started shrieking again. The curdling scream of a child not getting attention. Okay, okay, hold on, I'll fix it. I grabbed my phone, still ringing its merry tone under their shrieks. My sister's name reflected on the home screen. I had no desire to talk to her right now. I hit ignore and put the flashlight back on. The crying stopped as the spheres flocked around the light again. I sat down next to the phone to get a good view of them. Where did you come from? Where did you come from? One responded. Where are you from? I tried again. Where are you from? This is useless. This is useless. They were all blinking now. They seemed to have picked that up from me quite quickly. What am I supposed to do with you? I whispered to myself so they couldn't mimic me. I decided I wanted to try picking one up again and hoped it wouldn't start screaming. I gently lifted the one closest to me. I placed it on my knee with success. No screaming, and it didn't roll off either. The eyes that were facing the light closed and reopened on the side facing me. These spheres can open their eyes on any side of their body they want. I was in awe. It opened its rectangular mouth at me and I investigated it closely. A black void filled the space. No wires and no gears. If this was a robot, it had to be the most advanced robot ever created. I tried foolishly to poke the inside of the mouth when a long tone erupted from it. A similar tone to the old dial-up internet signal. It stopped. The mouth was agape and silent. 
the small ball said, this time not in my voice, but a high-pitched one. Right after the one on my knee said this, all the spheres' eyes opened and faced me. They all opened their mouth compartments and made the same annoying internet tone. They all circled around me, chanting with their mouths agape. Prime! 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 Prime what? I tried yelling over their riot. What's prime? They started rolling into my legs with force. Ow! That hurts! I got up and grabbed my phone from the sand. I held the light behind me and ran down towards the ocean, trying to get away from them. Stop! I don't know what Prime is! I yelled in frustration. Suddenly, a bright beam of white light shot down from above. The spheres stopped chanting. I looked up and shielded my eyes. I could make out an ellipse shape hovering above the light. I backed away and the balls no longer followed. I stood outside of the light and looked up. A giant UFO hovered above, projecting the light beam down onto the sand. Silver and smooth, just like the tiny spheres, except this UFO had a ring surrounding it that blended seamlessly into the metal on the side. The balls crowded in the center of the white beam, shining exquisitely. Their eyes opened at the top of their bodies as they stared up. I watched in silence, waiting to see what bizarre ritual I was a part of, and if aliens were going to come down and abduct me. I had nowhere to hide on the flat beach. The giant UFO opened two square eyes at the bottom of its sphere, just above the small circle that was producing the light. A rectangle compartment also appeared under the eyes, just like on the mini-spheres. The same dial-up tone erupted from the mouth, except at a much lower frequency. I grabbed my ears in pain. The small balls opened their mouths, too, and the sound harmonized. Then all went quiet. The ocean waves rolled in suspense next to me. A deep voice called from above. All the eyes were unblinking, including mine. Prime? Said one of the small spheres. Prime? This exchange continued until all balls spoke. Prime? Prime? I waited breathlessly. What was I witnessing? A UFO party? A family reunion? No. A birth. These UFO babies must have been buried in the sand to incubate. There must be something about our Earth that they need to grow. This was their parent coming to retrieve them. Parent and child. Prime and sub. Rings popped out from the sides of all the small spheres, seamlessly blended like their primes. The miniature UFOs looked exactly like the giant one. The light beam went out. In the pale glow of the moon, 
I saw the tiny UFOs start to lift off and join their parent. In a flash, they all disappeared. Alone again, I stood on the shore. The waves gently crashed and receded in the calm night. I was lucky to witness a strange alien birth, but I couldn't help wishing my mom was there to see it with me. Funny how they gained a parent the day I lost one. The universe balances itself. Birth and death are the extremes of life, just like the highs and lows of the ocean tide. We hope you enjoyed this spine-chilling story. For now you're stuck in strange territory. Wherever you go, the bizarre will follow through mysterious fog and eerie hollows. You can't hide behind brick and mortar when you're lost within the spooky quarter. The Spooky Quarter features narrator Megan Daniels, story host Johnny McCone, and story editing by Melanie Daniels. Prime was written by Megan Daniels.